Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Courtside Indiana Podcast, Jim Reamer, joined by Zach Tyler, Dominic Neely. Guys, we're at episode 161. We actually have a side topic today, good one put to us by Zach. Oh. Right? Yeah, sure. Zach's, you know, Zach kind of sneaky comes up <laughs> with some really good ideas. He had the hottest take of all on the Hot Takes pod. The guy who hates hot takes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> got the quadcast. Got the quadcast. the quadcast, which we use as a It's on now a roll. We're gonna, now we're going to discuss ways to fix JV basketball. Maybe not right this second, but eventually, right? <laughs> That's right. At some point, we got to get Dominique's video up. So not today, but I wouldn't mind posting some video. I don't. Seems like something we should do. And if all of a sudden we go quiet or I go quiet and yell, I'm watching World Cup soccer. So, yeah, same. And I'm heavy into Argentina right now. So that's good. All right. Well, let's get the recruiting updates going. We, we really didn't have a whole lot going on this week. We're not sure one of these schools exists, but. Eh. 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 So we got Jake Cherry committed to, or committed. He didn't commit to anywhere. Oh, whoa. Oh, oh, hey. Picked up an offer from St. Francis, 6'10 center from Eastern down in Pekin. He had a great summer. Um, Kyron Kalpuiki from Homestead should be at Carmel. Nah. Easy. Easy. He'd look pretty good in the Carmel uniform right now. Same thing, isn't it? There's a lot of guys floating around that would look good. <laughs> you recruiting now? Look, look, yeah, recruiting the kids who grew up here, yes. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yes. I mean, he's in the same colors, right? That class of, yeah, that class of 2023 was ridiculously deep. They were nine deep, weren't they? So uh, by, by my count, they were. And you, I mean, obviously you knew they weren't all going to be here. and But we might get to that later today, or later in the show. Is this where we talk about Luke Brown should have been a Brownsburg? <laughs> Oh, he definitely should have stayed at Brownsburg. They okay. would have they would have been a contender for a four A state title, but you know, we gotta beat a big fish in a small pond. So yeah. I mean, every it just it is what it is. Everything he did was big fish in a small pond. And now he's at Stetson. Now he's at Stetson. He's big Again. fish in a sm- small pond. Uh, it's you know, I would have rather played at a big school, but I'm a big school kid, so Kyron got an offer from Wabash, Dylan Beverly from Franklin, who I think is a highly underrated player. Um, I like him. He's 6'6", long, can guard multiple positions. There may be a discrepancy of thought as to what position he is. I think most of us see him as a four who could develop into a three. Uh, he, He might think he's a two. Um, but he's definitely good at the four or three, that, that area, that's his sweet spot. Defensively, he's, he can guard a lot of people. He picked up an offer from Kuiper, which we are what saying is an NAIA school in Michigan. Sure. Their website is very lacking. Their, their, their website is very lacking. I'm not sure what to make of that. It's hard to find information on them. So. No commitments this week. I think so. What do we know? What a like an offer from Wabash? What that? I'm Kyron's dad listens, so I'm sure he'll message me. D 3s offer when they know how much money they can offer. We think that's how that works, uh, guys. Ac- academically, right? Because they don't have athletic scholarships. Correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, they figure stuff out, but they look the the the. The bad thing about being a, coaching in a Division three school is that 
you sometimes don't really have a real time handle of your of your financial situation. So it's and it can change you know month to month if somebody transfers out and a lot of times these guys don't have a, a great grasp of what they have financially until second semester till spring semester and that puts them you know those schools who can't get a grasp of that decidedly at a disadvantage you know but if you're you know if you're a school you know that has good financial situations, you can start offering kids, you know, this time of year. And that's kind of what we've been seeing here of late looking at, we've got a lot of Manchester Anderson offers. Rose Holman's had some recent offers and a commitment, didn't he? Did Willoughby, where did Willoughby commit to? Commit, he committed to Manchester. So the D3 guys are just starting to get into the fray here. Wabash oh. has picked up a couple of commitments, picked up at least one commitment. They've made an offer to Balling. Now they've made an offer to Kyron. But is that how that works, Dominique? Do you have any insight on that? Uh, not not a ton of insight. Um, I did, you know, they're just offering a roster spot instead of a scholarship, right? Type of thing. Um, yeah, I don't that, have too much. That would be systematically easy to do, though, if you don't if you're not allowed to offer athletic scholarships. You could just say anybody can come. You can afford it. I mean, if you want them. Right. I was going to say, typically at, at D3s, um, you know, they have a, you know, JV team as well. So I know there's right. a lot of kids that sometimes there can be a lot of, you know, in the incoming freshman class and have a lot of kids uh, coming in. I know that was what was for me when I was able to play in college. There was like a lot of freshmen in my class to start. And then obviously people start dropping out and things like that. And so there, there's like probably like 20 kids in my class coming in. 15, yeah, and those, like and those late spring kids are all JV kids that are paying their own way. France just tied up. No, they didn't tie up. They, they got a penalty kick. No, no, no. I must be ahead of you guys. Oh, shoot. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, then here we go. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't know that. Podcast on delay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we watched France score a goal. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. Sorry oh, guys, I didn't know. You guys. I was gonna say oh, I didn't gosh. know. I didn't know I was that much ahead of you. Oh, and he took it away from Messi. Nice. People are gonna listen to this podcast and be like, "What the hell are they talking Just about?" Turn it. <laughs> Holy crap! Oh, here we go. Holy shit! They scored. They scored. Mbappe. Yeah. Nice. That's he hit. He had the PK too, didn't he? Yep. He yeah. did. Yep. All right, back to basketball. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what are we doing with this JV stuff? What's the complaint? Talk to us, Zach. Nobody wants to see more time at JV. Nobody wants extra basketball or free basketball. Nobody wants that. Nobody JV. wants free JV basketball? No. The Brownsburg-Ben nope. Davis game, JV game, went went uh, overtime. Did it go? Yeah, it went overtime yesterday. And it almost went double. Well, it didn't almost go double overtime. I guess it kind of did. Brownsburg scored in the final possession. Kind of at the buzzer, but but Ben Davis's JV coach was very proactive, proactively calling a timeout. Like he was calling a timeout as soon as the ball came off the kid's hand, and because I I had a view where I was sitting, I could see both in a linear in, in within a line of each other, and so the referees got together, and you could tell one of the referees did not want to let Ben Davis have another crack at this. Uh. <laughs> he was saying the game was over. And then the other guy, the, the the baseline official, came running over to the sideline or jogging over to the sideline to talk to him, and he's like, oh, "There's more clock." You know, there's they called a timeout, and and because uh, I think one of the players called timeout too, so there was a discussion, and I'm 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 guaranteeing you the uh, the mid court official was not interested in letting North Central have another crack at it, and with, it was only 1.2 seconds, so North Central was either going to hit a three or miss it. I guess there could have been a foul, but yeah, one referee was not having it. They finally agreed to put 1.2 on and, and BD got a good look, got a, not a good look, but they, they got a clean look at least. And it just, it was woefully short. So did, did Zach, did you have a bad JV game experience? Well, kind of the opposite. My, the JV game I was at last night, I think the final was like 67 to 20. Oh yeah. And I was just thinking of it. 
while I was bored during the finish of that game that nobody wants to see extra JV basketball, so we just need sudden death. And you can't do running clock in JV games, like a game like that. Oh, they did running clock. They did? Oh, well, I guess that's right. We do have that rule now, don't we? The rule, yeah. But, uh, you know, the problem is, is sometimes I think you – varsity games should never start early. Yeah, varsity, I agree with Varsity that. games should never start early. They should never start before 7.30. A lot of – most schools do a good job of that. Some don't. They just rattle it out when a JV game is over quickly. Um, and it's not fair to parents who – Obviously, especially if it's Friday night or midweek game or coming probably sometimes straight from work or running home from work simply to pick up kids and family to get them back to the game. And. um, Wow. Anyway. And we I mean, we saw that gym at Southport a little bit. I know that's different with the showcase like that on a on a Saturday, but those games were running early in the morning. I saw like I told you at the the game, the crown point parent or mom and dad came in in the second quarter, like with their hands in the air, like what's going on? I thought it was supposed to start at three 30 or whatever. And it started at like 30 minutes early. And in so, the past, I don't think those games had started early. Yeah. So but then they, 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 the later games, they held the clock after the, they, they were kind of held the clock to make sure the later games got on time. Cause those are know, the two games that had the definite TV coverage. Yeah. On the TV. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't think Carmel. They don't start games early. I don't. I don't think anywhere in the Mick. Although Carmel's not in the Mick anymore. That was the first. That was a weird experience. The Carmel North Central game Friday night. You could the first sign it wasn't a Mick game was there's only two two officials for the JV game. It was like North Central had a chance to save save some money, and <laughs> cut that third official. Nice. I don't. I don't blame them. I don't. It certainly didn't impact the game. It was a tight game, though. That game went overtime. I saw two JV overtime games this week. You're right, Zach. We do Nobody wants that. that. I'm on. I'm on board with that sudden death because um, I don't. I don't want to be, you know, disrespectful for the JV game because you know it's it's about it's valuable for those kids to get those minutes. But I think after regulation, that uh, not extra minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that sudden death would be nice. What tip if we do up, like turn tip it up, turn the clock off, first bucket or free throw, game over. What if we do Elam ending to six? Or seven. Elam ended in seven. Too many, too many, too much time. Yep. Yeah, but you're counting fouls too. Oh. So you can't just go out there and that wouldn't take too that wouldn't take too long. You don't want to foul in sudden death either. Well, no, but I'm saying that I mean the Elam ending, if you if you count free throws, if both teams are in the bonus, that, that shouldn't take but more than five possessions each, maybe. Maybe I don't know. There's there's always a chance. Yep. Sudden sudden death is just first basket wins. Free so throw. You don't, even, you don't even like my fall league rules. Two two minute overtime, one minute overtime. Oh no, that's that's fine. That's not you know that's that's fine. In the fall league, for yeah. sure. Well, JV games are more important than the fall league. <laughs> mm. I mean, I don't. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I love my fall league. By the yeah. way, everybody, you should play in my fall league. But JV games are more important than fall league games. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I don't want to get. Uh, I don't want to be too disproportionately proud of the fall league. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I know one <laughs> of my one of my buddy's theories is a little over the top. He thinks that um, it's, if JV game's still going at like I don't I don't I'll forget the time, but like six fifty five, if it's still yeah, in the floor, if it's yeah, just end the game at that point. I think that's a little too aggressive. But I, I do like that sudden death, though. Can we do it like soccer where we just end games with a free throw shooting contest? <laughs> <laughs> See, that could take forever, too. <laughs> soccer, soccer should be easy. The extra time in soccer should be 8, 8v8, not 10v10. Open that bad boy up. Um. Open that bad boy up and and create some more space for these these dudes to just go and see if we can't you know get get a ri- get rid of the penalty kick part of this because this these penalty kick things that's just a it's certainly an exciting way to go but I don't know it's just not doesn't strike me as being soccer without it'd be a hell of a way to end a basketball game wouldn't it. <laughs> 
some people have that thought with football. I don't want to get too far off here, but just oh, like, I hate football. Over yeah, time. I, I well, hate just it like college and ending it on a field goal that people have issues with that. Oh, because well, not really, college, you know, football. The college stuff. I hate the way they do college and high school over time. I I much yeah. prefer what the NFL does. And I don't I don't know why if a team scores a touchdown, the other the other team still can't have a possession. I think everybody should get at least one crack at it, regardless. I would I would be that way for basketball too, Zach. I I would not want sudden death in, in games that kind of matter. I would want. I would want uh, J- JV games are eh, fine though because they don't matter. No, but they matter. I mean, not overtime. Does, they the, does it matter if you win in overtime a JV game? No. Well, there are some coaching resumes that you can, especially if you can show a disproportionate number of mm-hmm. you know positive winning record versus what the varsity might have. There, there might be some suggestion there that that you're doing a good job with the same level of talent. Don't go to overtime, Ned. Well, <laughs> I would, I would say I would agree with, I would agree with a, um, not a sudden death effort, but basically the first team that holds serve effectively wins. So first team gets the ball. If they don't, if they don't score, the next team gets a crack. You kind of play it like extra innings. In baseball, that's, I mean, I would go for that. That's how we run a lot of stuff in my practices. All almost all of our half court stuff is innings innings based, as we work on things in our competitive drills. But so no more JV overtime. We're trying to get rid of that, huh? Yes. <laughs> Especially, I feel like I feel like I say I feel like across all sports, they're kind of. Baseball's had a guy on second and extra innings, you know. Yeah, trying to clean they up. They just did that during. Stuff. I think they did that just COVID, during COVID, right? didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Like, to make yeah, up. Just trying it out, testing it, but double seems double like, headers were seven innings. Yeah, NBA All Star game with the Elam Elam ending and things like that. So I feel like across all sports, people are trying to test different things out. To we, make we could eliminate better. the NBA All Star game. Yeah, yeah. Be it be is better. It is better with the ending though at the end, Elam ending, than it than it was without it though. This game is two to two. Wow. Cool. Soccer. Sorry. All right. That's it. We solved our JV game problem. Sure. Solved it. Okay. So we're here. We're here for. We're here to solve problems that that often don't exist. <laughs> it's a solution looking for a problem. Yeah, JV. Yeah, you get those two, three overtime JV games. It, it gets to be a bit much, especially when there's a large talent void like a program that's not very two programs that aren't very deep some of those kids you know are probably gonna have a hard time ascending into a big varsity role because the younger kids are already playing varsity right so all right top games top team performance top player performance zach what do you got what's your top Top game of the week. Oh man, top game of the week. That was my toughest choice. <clears throat> um, yeah, saw three games this week: Michigan City at Mishawaka. I saw Gary Westside at Marion, and I saw Peru at Tippy Valley. Um, best game, I suppose. I'm going to go with uh, last night's Peru Tippy Valley game. <clears throat> uh, just the way way Peru handled the handled things. I kind of thought Tippy Valley was going to win coming into it just cuz it was home. They have some solid seniors, a junior. Um but but Peru proved me wrong. <clears throat> Coach Thompson did a very nice job defensively on Tippy. Little 1-3-1 zone. Sorry. Got distracted. Uh one three one zone, solid man to man. We're all watching soccer on TV. <laughs> uh, we, we even I don't did I even hit record? I don't know. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're I hope we're good. Yeah, we're good. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. last night's game was, was my my best game. Yeah. Just for those couple things I mentioned. 
because I'm trying, I'm trying to spread everything out here over my three games. So, sometimes you don't. It's not possible. It's not I'm possible. Make, I'm gonna make it happen. Solve the last, problems. Last last week I had a hard choice because I had three really good games. This week is just kind of like ugh. <laughs> my my top game of the week was only because North Central made a f- furious comeback at the end. I saw otherwise three kind of well the Carmel North Central game. That's my game of the week. My game of the week. The, the Carmel North Central game, it was, wasn't like Carmel ever. They never really were blowing them out, but but they were their second half lead was anywhere from seven to ten points, and North Central really struggled to get that thing under three possessions until about the final minute. And and um, well, you're talking about distracted. Holy cow! Transom was scored again. The um, North Central could never couldn't get it into under three possessions till the final minute. And then it just became a point where it was really kind of exposing a problem that I think Carmel's going to have in some instances. And unfortunately, they're probably going to be the most important instances is how small they get in the backcourt uh, with with Kudo and, and Clevenger. And, you know, Kudo's Carmel's second best shooter. If he's not their best shooter, it's either him or Orm. Um, they've got Spencer White, obviously, too, who's also a good shooter. But, you know, Carmel's – the good thing about Carmel, though, is that they've got their three bigger kids that play. I mean, basically, against Fishers, they use Jared Bonds as a primary ball handler because he had a good matchup. Spencer can, Spencer White could be a primary ball handler, especially against a good matchup. And he, he initiated the offense a lot versus North Central. Sam Orm can definitely initiate offense – against many of his matchups and um the um <laughs> watching I'm still watching soccer it's crazy um I didn't think I would be this distracted but I am but you know eventually those two guys Clevenger and Kudo are going to get the ball in the backcourt against probably mostly seniors and juniors that are just bigger stronger quicker than them um, and that that's going to be something they're going to have to finish because North Central kind of bullied those two kids in certain instances, and it didn't happen every single possession, but it happened enough where North Central was a one possession game, and you know, luckily Carmel was—I mean, not luckily, but Carmel was able to sink free throws in that in those instances pretty well. I think they hit their last six, maybe, definitely their last four. And North Central never had the ball down one possession, so it wasn't any it wasn't any situation where the game was in peril, but it definitely wasn't. We were one possession away from that game being North Central having the ball with a shot to tie or win, and that's not how you want to close a game out when you're leading by ten. So they're gonna they're gonna have to figure out some way to address that. Uh, the good news is, is they do have bigger kids who can handle it. Um, and and the other side of that is that Kudo and Clevenger are both really intelligent players. So they're they're not going to get rushed or just throw the ball away. But they will get knocked over. <laughs> if referee's not calling it uh, when they get bumped, then uh, you know then it's a turnover. And that happened a couple times against North Central. So. My other two games were Brownsburg, Ben Davis. Hell, I left that game after the third quarter. And then McConaughey, Tipton. I know Tipton was struggling with some illness, so they they weren't super competitive the final three quarters. I left that game six minutes to go. Uh, just just not. It wasn't wasn't a great game. Uh, although my player the player performance of the week might come from that game. We'll see. I'll think about it as you guys are talking that dominic what was your game of the week i i wasn't able to get to that friday night game i was planning on wayne and or carol at wayne so i i was able to stream a game that i watched um hamilton southeastern at fishers i'm gonna go with that game yeah um i did go to northrop last night they've played lawrence north um but i'm going with the yeah hsc at fishers was a good game um fishers played their best all-around game of the year i well Obviously, against Bloomington North, they were 
really good, but Harrelson kind of just dominated that game where this game he had 14, which he had a good game, um, but it wasn't just overly dominant, you know, like he was against Bloomington North. The other guys stepped up. Keenan Garner was really good. He led him with 18. Uh, Tate Metzger had hit some big threes for him. Aiden Zimmer hit some big threes in the second half for him. They just played overall um, a really good game and um, ended up winning 65 to 60. And for HSC, Donovan Hamilton was really good. He he, led, he was the leading scorer of the game. He had 22. He's really athletic, had a nice dunk. Uh, ref Stevenson as well. Is it ref, Jim? That yeah, yeah. Ref, how you pronounce it? Um, he was really good as well, super athletic, had a couple different uh, – finishes above the rim and blocking shots and he was really active they got a nice athletic team hsc does but uh yeah fishers was able to get the win and i thought they I'm, played really well i'm going to see them saturday against carol they hse yeah do they shoot well christmas eve friday okay hold on they play fishers as well the same day trust me yeah trust me if there was a game on christmas eve i'd go to it <laughs> Would not be the craziest thing I've done. So that may be Thursday. Hold on a second. Yeah, it's Thursday. You're not gonna stay home and watch Home Alone or Christmas Christmas Vacation or something, Jim? No, no. Oh, uh, Christmas movies. Let's I'm go. already home. I'm already home alone right now. No, uh, I'm good. <laughs> Kevin, it's been a rough year. I'm already home alone. No, but yeah, shooting wise, HSC. I would say that's something they uh, could get better at for sure. They're, yeah. they're a little bit, a little, little bit more athletic than they they usually are, I would say. HSC, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they don't really do they, do. they have anybody who can shoot the ball? That's what I was saying. I'm I'm not sure they really have the game I watched. I didn't really see anyone that you're like, man, you really got to stop him from shooting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, a lot they're good of up front athletes. because Hamilton or yeah, because DJ is is pretty is is a good athlete. He reminds yeah, he me a lot of Justin Sims, although I think he's more focused at Chesterton, but I think he's more focused on football. Okay. And, you know, ref is probably, I mean, I know Orm's 6'8", but, but ref Stevenson is probably the best big and, well, I'll just say the best big in the sectional, but that's Rehart. So, right. but, you know, definitely the biggest, one of the, you know, the biggest kid in Hamilton County. And certainly a got, nice athlete. Got Romack as well in there. Yeah, but ref's bigger than him. Is he? Okay. I think ref, I think he's listed at 6'7". Yeah. Romack around 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, maybe? 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, he he actually stepped out and hit a three. Stevenson did. But did he? Wow, nice. Yeah, he did. But yeah, he, he was... That's a new thing. Yeah, mainly at the rim uh, and above the rim. Yeah, blocking shots as well. So yeah, he had a good game. This is that weird. This is that weird week where I think most schools run spring or Christmas break, right? I believe so. We actually Zach, we go all week. You go all week, dude. Oh, yeah, really? I but would. Some, I would kind of yeah, prefer some, that. Some schools go get off. They go Monday, Tuesday, and then they're off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I was always wanting that extra time after New Year's Day. Yeah. As a, as, a, as a kid, I'm a big I'm a big full two week guy. I don't like the well, definitely ha- yeah. Have the, these the, and. Yeah, the two week stuff. I see what you're saying. Yeah, because you miss then you miss then you have three weekends off too instead of just uh, two. Or I actually kind of one. Typically, Carmel doesn't go back till Tuesday, regardless of when they right, and that's that's what we do also. Yeah, regardless of when they close down, they they don't go back till two uh, until it's Tuesday. I would have loved that. Yeah, because there's a lot of stuff crammed. Because you know, there's a lot of stuff crammed on. That Sunday, especially, you know, NFL, of course, back then that would have been NFL playoffs. I don't know, not anything I got to worry about now, but. Yeah, well, uh, Carmel plays Valpo at like three o'clock on Wednesday, I think. Wednesday, yeah, I'll be I'm yeah. heading up for that, yeah. At Valpo? Yeah. I, was, they, I thought about taking a half day. I don't know that I'm responsible. I don't, that, that may be my, I don't know that I'm responsible for that game, but I know last year <laughs> when both teams were looking for a game, I tweeted hey, at both of them. And then here. about a week later, it showed up. This is my area. Come on. I can still go to it. Uh, I can still go to it. I'm coming up. We It's okay if we're both in the same gym every, every now and then. Dominique, who was your team of the week? 
I'm going with Lawrence North uh, last night at Northrop. They, uh, I tweeted it. I think they got, I think Kobe Bulls and Xavier Robinson is the most athletic duo of guards in the state. Um, man, they both had, both had some big time blocks in transition where they came out of nowhere up by the square. Um, and, uh, Xavier Robinson was really good, uh, at the rim. I, I like to see him shoot a little bit more. He did take some shots. His shot looks fine. Didn't hit, I don't think he hit any from outside, but man, he gets into the rim or gets to the rim and kind of hangs and floats and finishes. Uh, he was finishing over a good shot blocker as well. And Dalman Alexander for, for Northrup, who is six, six, and he probably had three or four blocks, but Xavier was really good. And, and Kobe Bowles, same thing. He, he, most of his buckets came on his little floater right in the lane or finishing right at the rim or in transition. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those guys. Yeah, go ahead, Jim. I would say both those guys really both can shoot off the pass. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice if they could be more consistent behind the three point line off the dribble. Yeah. Would really help ball screens. Just being able to go, not being able to go under them. And I don't mean like, obviously there comes a point where, they can have the time it takes to get their feet set and, and be effective, but they're not guys that are just going to go over a screen and lift up. And right. if, if, they, if they could do that, I mean, I think Kobe is a division one point guard. I know he's got the Bethune Cookman offer. I think, I, I think he's, I think he is as shifty and as under control and as quick of a point guard that, that we've seen in a little while. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's not, and maybe maybe that's a bad statement considering we have Marcus Burton, who's a senior, and so so maybe retract that a little bit. But he's definitely one of the top two or three point guards in that junior class. I I think. I I can't imagine. I mean, I'd rather have. I think he's better than Micah Davis, but not not much. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just know. What do you think about him or, or Johnny Washington in terms of point guard? See, I don't – I'm having – I'm struggling with the Johnny Washington playing a point guard. I feel See, like he's I, more I, of a combo or – Does he shoot it well know. enough to be a – Yeah, I don't – He's been kind of quiet this season, hasn't he? Well, he yeah, had a we, good oh, game last night, 23. You know, your sophomore year, you start – first game out of the gate, you score 40. Everything else he, is quiet. He played. Did you know he was a, played football for Concordia this fall? Wide didn't, receiver. Didn't, didn't know that. Yeah, he was a fo- he played football this year for Concordia wide receiver. But yeah, I think he had twenty three last night. Johnny did. Um, but uh, I think that was his best game of the year. But yeah, with with Kobe, yeah, he's man. He he's hard to stay in front of him, especially in transition. He's getting steals. That was a big thing for Northrop. Too many turnovers. Um. But also, I wanted to mention six six freshman. I really like for Lawrence North off the bench. Brennan Miller had twelve. Yeah, really nice, really nice looking jump shot. Hit a three. Hit his free throws. Nice touch he, around the rim. Did he play in a JV game at all? I I got there with ten minutes left in the warm up for the varsity. Okay. I didn't get to see any of the JV. You don't know. Okay. Um, I I heard that Lawrence North blew him out. I know that. Um, I'd imagine. I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I don't know if he played or not, but. He was really good in the varsity game. And then the other one that – because the one thing that with Lawrence North is the shooting is probably their biggest uh, concern. But Miles Good uh, started for him. Uh, mm-hmm. 5'11", 6-foot uh, junior. He, he can he was – he had a couple threes in the second half that kind of broke it open for him. I really liked his shot. He can he can shoot it for him. So, yeah, they're young. They, they have a couple – two seniors on the whole roster. You know about Mace Hughes and you coach him in the fall league. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he started for him as they're kind of their big at six three, six four. But uh Physical young team. does all the dirty work. He is yeah. He does. I mean, if I'm a division three school, I'm definitely getting in, getting involved in that. Yeah. Yeah. He he'd, was, be the, he he'd be the best athlete on the floor in a lot of those instances. Right. Good defender, yeah. Excellent defender. He can guard he probably guard any any position at the high school level. He was giving Delman Alexander some some trouble early on, but Alexander did end with with uh with eighteen, and I think 
the best route for him, I think he, should, he needs to be looking at um, the post grad after after high school. One of the north, one of the refs from the JV game. I think you know him, Jim. Um, MVP basketball here in Fort Wayne. Um, Not specifically. I, Mitch, I think his first name is. Um, <laughs> but anyway, he I, he. I mean, I, maybe if I saw him. I mean, I know a lot think, of those Fort Wayne guys by sight just because I yeah. Because of all the games he, at Spies, but I don't, I don't know a lot of their names. Yeah, I think he he said he, he was he get you guys kind of go at it a little bit. All you know, Probably. kind of riff yeah, I don't know, I don't know a lot of their names. Yeah. I don't know a lot of their names. Right. I mean, he runs I the MVP Bill Foreman, basketball. Bill Foreman is the only guy from that area that I know okay. by name, and it's because he ends up doing a lot of car. He ends up doing or used to at least up till maybe the last two years would do a lot of Carmel games. But he he runs MVP basketball here in in Fort Wayne, and he just he said that Dalman just kind of became a part of that, and and really said he hasn't been worked with a ton coming all the way up until now. I guess Northrop hired a uh, someone to to really work with him this year. So he's got a great length, great body, six six, nice looking jumper. Just needs to work on a few things. I think that post grad route would be good for him. Yeah. Who Zach? What was your team? Uh, team, I'm going to say Mishawaka Marion. Uh, lost a few guys from last year, but still have Deglin Sullivan, still have Darion Thornton. Zion Rhodes is back st- is back again. He's a junior. Uh, Jackson Price, senior shooting guard. Uh, nothing really inside that, that that scares you, but that that zone, nobody, nobody can figure out the zone ever, I feel like. So – Number one, Marion is just same as usual, I guess you'd say. Zone is such a such a tough one for teams to break unless you can shoot it well. Yeah, I'm gonna be seeing them here at Homestead next week, or not this coming week, but the following week against Fisher. So that'll be pretty good to see how they handle that zone. Yeah, that should be interesting for sure. My my team. I mean, it's got to be Ben Davis, the games I saw this week. What they did to Brownsburg yesterday, especially especially uh, without Wyndham. You know, because Brownsburg really tried to pack it in. And, and they guarded they guarded Dowdy last night. Brownsburg did with one of the poor ref twins. And, and it was effective. I mean, it was directly effective. But they they had and they did a great job of making sure he didn't get a great touch. But they really struggled on the offensive glass. Second chance points for Ben Davis was almost the um, and running off of misses. Second chance points and running off misses, and there were a lot of misses. <laughs> uh, that's something to talk about with Brownsburg, but but that was the bread and butter last night for Ben Davis. And, you know, look, as athletic as they are and as good as Dowdy is at rebounding, that's always going to be a big part of what they do. Um, that's always going to be the threat is can you slow them down? I, I haven't seen them run off misses. This is like the third, maybe fourth time I've seen them so far, as well as they did yesterday. And I don't think it wasn't because Brownsburg wasn't getting back. I just think Ben Davis – Figured, hey man, we, we're we're missing our probably our top perimeter offensive weapon in uh, Wyndham. We've got to generate offense, and we also they also knew that I mean Brownsburg was just going to pack it in, and they and they did. So they took advantage of every free space opportunity they had, and they they were they were impressive. They defensively they were great. Um, you can still see the potential in Cannon Catchings. You know, I think he had a game that earlier this week where he had 33. He was in fits yesterday with how Ben Davis was guarding him. Um, Cannon is not great in isolation situations. And he definitely was not great last night in those situations. And, you know, Brownsburg does do a pretty decent job of moving him into space so he can get those. Uh, and, I, and I think that that's part of his game that will improve. He had a really nice looking jump shot coming off a coming off a double screen. Or well, he didn't use both screens. I think he rejected the second one and popped out. But he got a clean look and it, it came off quick and fluid. That's a part of his game that I think is going to be 
really help him because now you're going to have to get tight on him. But and th- that will help him get by people. Um, he is more of a catch and rip and go guy than he is isolate guy. And I think that's the direction they're trying to take his game. But Ben Davis took away all of it. They they took away everything last night. They didn't let Diallo really get going either. I mean, those two kids, as athletic as Ben Davis is, those two kids probably the the two best athletes on the floor. But everybody else wasn't <laughs> from a quickness perspective. Uh, and Ben Davis just, just swarmed him in the half court. There was nothing for Brownsburg easy. Every now and then they would get a great backdoor look, but there just wasn't enough of them. And it wasn't like you were going to rely on that as a, as a main weapon. It's not like Brownsburg's out there running the Princeton offense. But they do take advantage of some situations. But but they're just, you know, scoring off back door is, is not, again, it can't be the core of what you do. Um, because all those backdoor passes become longer passes and entered into more and more traffic. And there just wasn't enough of it. For, for Brownsburg to stay close. And the third quarter, Ben Davis really opened it up. Clay Butler got going. He had a couple threes in transition, which I'm heavily in favor of. I love transition threes. Uh, not that anybody needs my permission or perspective on that, but I just I, I think they're backbreakers. And they were outstanding at, at hunting those and finding them. And Clay hit a couple of big ones in the second or in the third quarter. And again, I had <laughs> I sort of had some plans last night. So it was a 23-point game going into the fourth quarter. I was like, eh, I'm out. Good. That's <laughs> all I needed to see. Uh, I'm going to type up a game report here later today, but uh, it's going to lead with disclosure. I left after the third quarter. I'm anxious uh, to see how, how they they, they uh, play with Penn. That'll be yeah. interesting. I mean, they're going to – I'm more interested. I, I get what you're saying. I'm almost more interested in just figure out what – Gitate and and um, Durda bring to the table. Yeah. yeah, because it'll be, it'll be tough for them. Durda, Durda certainly didn't do much. It didn't do much against Zionsville. And, and Gitate certainly made some nice plays, and you could see where his length was a factor. I I just I was sort of anticipating Durda being sort of this stretch four guy who could shoot it. And there wasn't any of that against Zionsville. No, no, those those two are. They, I feel like they're pretty limited right now with what they can do and bring to the table, especially yeah, against the more athletic and bigger. Be- Beverly's team. Dylan Beverly going earlier in the in the show. Beverly is a more polished, more put together, stronger Gitate. That's yeah, Dominique. If you've not, and Jack, yeah. if you've not seen him. That's that's what that's what Beverly looks like. And that's that's yeah. what he is. And you can imagine that length and that athleticism being able to guard multiple positions. That's what Beverly Beverly is. And, and Gatate is still kind of a freak <laughs> in terms of his length and and I think the different things he probably can do and impact the game. Uh, but in the Ben Davis game, he's not going to be. He's not going to be the the best athlete on the floor yeah i was going to say against zionsville they both kind of struggle with the you know physicality and with rehard and some yeah. of the players for zionsville i mean that's going to be up up another notch for ben davis so but be... zionsville struggled with his link though yeah like he he made plays with his link against ben davis that isn't going to be as plentiful exactly um, yeah i'm worried i'm worried about ben davis's depth too size wise right they can Although they pretty much just play Ferris as far as those bigger kids. Okay. And he is he's pushing stuff to the corners and and, and the and the and the slots. Trying to get threes. Hit one yesterday they're, against Brownsburg. They're pretty much eight deep against competitive teams, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They are. Eight, yeah. Because they Zachary and, and Mike White or Mark White, whichever. Mark, yeah. Mark, yeah. Those three and come off Ferris. the and Ferris. Those three come yeah. off the bench, and all all provide something different. You know, different. Zach Zachary started last night. Oh he's, yeah, because Wyndham was out. Yeah. He uh, that kid's super 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 long. 
I mean, yeah, I can put is. a couple more supers in there. Someone said, they wonder, someone said they wonder how he could play defensive back of football. I'm like, I don't know how he couldn't. I was going to say, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, you can see why he's getting Division one offers for in the <laughs> corner with those arms. We almost had a goal scored. All right. Best, uh, Zach, best player player performance of the week. Uh, I lied. I'm going to stick to a, one of my other game, one of the games I already mentioned. I'm I'm going to say Deglin Sullivan from Mishawaka Marion. I figured that's where you were going anyway. I saw your tweet. Yeah, we've I've talked about him since he was a freshman. I think now and uh, just I don't I don't understand why there's no no more attention on him recruiting wise. Uh, he didn't start the game. I don't know if he's late to, late to the game or something happened because him and Thornton didn't, Thornton didn't start either, but. Uh, just speculation there. Anyway, he comes in, hits a couple layups right away and gets them back in the swing of things against Gary West, who was very good against them and pressure was there. Oh, sorry. Woke up. I think, uh, uh, since I had the slowest <laughs> stream, I, he finished with 23. He rebounds his position really well. Gets in the right spots, um, gets his teammates in the right spots, can knock down threes. Size is obviously the issue. He's six foot, maybe five eleven. Um, and the, the defense is a question from a recruiting standpoint, right? And, I, and it's hard to shake it when they just sit in the zone the whole time. The zone is gonna it could hurt him obviously right. defensively, right? Uh, but but I think uh, there's enough there for me to say that he should be getting recruited, obviously by. D threes at, at the minimum, maybe yeah, NAI schools I mean, too. That's gonna, I mean, that's gonna happen. But it, I mean, what, is, that, he, is he better than Kyle Puiki? I'm not sure about that. I haven't, I haven't seen. I him mean, I wouldn't last year. I would say no. Okay. I realize I could be biased on this. Um, I mean, I have like Sullivan. I mean, uh, you can but, compare him to Hodges too, where Hodges is who I saw Tuesday night from Michigan city is another kid we've talked about since his freshman year saying that same thing though, size wise, he's just small. I think Hodges probably defends better than, than Deglin though, from what we can tell. He can be hunted out. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a tough gig. He's going to have to play somewhere where he's definitely, I mean, small point guards do have, do have presence, you know, at, at higher levels of basketball, but you've got to be really special. Definitely. That's all. Yeah. And I'd be able to gotta, really shoot it. Yeah, you've got to. That's what I was going to say next. You've got to really be able to shoot it. Yep, yep. I mean, Cushenberry's shown that at St. Francis that he could, he can do that. He can play at a high NAI level. Yeah, and that's another kid. You know, that's a kid that was the point guard on a state championship team. You know, he was definitely their their second best player and probably their best player that was going to go play. Their biggest producer who was going to go play in college. I don't know. Those Warren teams were pretty deep, so I could be wrong there. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'll combine Hodges and and Daglin Sullivan because Hodges is still being Hodges to me. Zach, who was your, what was your player performance of the week? That's why I just talked about it. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant Dominique. My fault. Oh, hey, I'm gonna go with. Um... I was going to go with Xavier Robinson. He had a really good game. But I'm going to go with Keenan Garner for Fishers, 18 points. He was just super active around the rim. Great. He's got really good hands. He had one play where he drove the lane, and the guy kind of tied him up, but he just pushed right through that jump ball and finished it. I thought it was really impressive. His hands were really strong. Had a lot of good offensive rebounds in the first half. Um, he was just super active, the best game I've seen him play. And I think he's getting a little bit more comfortable you know, playing here at, at Fishers, you know, he was at, he was um, overseas in Germany playing. He just looks a little bit more comfortable and starting to play a little bit better. And uh really liked his performance on uh, Friday night. The, yeah, he is. I mean, I think his, his, his game against Carmel, he struggled to get a whole lot done, but again, I, that's guarding a lot of movement. That's tough. I mean, I don't know what he what he played over you know over, I don't know what he played type of basketball he played over in Germany but right. I mean it would stand the reason it's 
a lot of movement, right? Because that's the way the international game was played almost exclusively. Right. There's, there's not a lot of isolation basketball overseas. But I don't know if he came from a school, if he came from a club, or or, or what his I past think it was is. A, I think it was a club. A club, yeah. Yeah. How big is he? Six. I, six, I think they have somewhere. I, I think he's six seven, but I've seen yeah. six yeah, five, think, six six. I think six six is where I'd go with okay. it. But I mean, if they're sprouting him an inch, that's fine. Yeah, somewhere somewhere in that range, but yeah. It's funny between him and the the, the Meeks kid at Cathedral. I don't know who I'd rather have. I, they're they're only comparable because they both transferred in as juniors and both, I'm not, both giving that both giving that uh, class a little bit of an injection of extra size. I was going to say, I haven't seen, I've seen Meeks in that game we were at in Southport, but I'm not sure what he can really do. I know he's really athletic and physical. I'm right. not sure what else he does, but. Well, there were Ben Davis game. Delaney definitely put him in to add a little physicality that Booker wasn't providing. Oh yeah, there was some there was some deep level instructions going into going into his ear before he checked in. And, what just uh, happened? Uh oh! Wow! Spoiler alert here. Watch your screen, Jim. Uh oh! Screen. Uh oh! My uh, my TV's player about fifteen seconds behind. I think. Yeah, no, my my player, my player, oh, of the player performance of the week. Oh, this looks good here. That went in, huh? Yeah, nice. Apparently, wow. nice leave. Oh, they're gonna give. Oh, wow, that's a hell of a goal. <laughs> that's a hell of a save, but it Offsides. obviously went over the line. They call off sides. My uh, no, my player perform. There we go. The TV finally put the score up. My player performance of the week. I don't know. It sounds strange. A team that lost by twenty one. Can we do that? Oh, can that be sure? Can that be the best that I saw this week? Grady Carpenter at Tipton. The only thing that he struggled with was finish. I mean, he had a lot of balls roll in and out. But he was also a lot of balls rolling in and out from about 12 extra assists. This kid is a, a passing machine. And I, I will tell you, I, he is, I said last year as a freshman, yeah, definitely went past the line, soccer-wise. I said this as a freshman, he was the second best passer in the state to Braden Smith. Well, Braden Smith has graduated, and, and nobody has popped up to take the crown. I mean, Grady Carpenter is a wonderful passer. He has tremendous vision. He rebounds the ball. He, he's basically tipped in starting center. He rebounds the ball. He's one dribble into an outlet pass. He is making phenomenal reads in the half court. He understands when to bounce it. He understands when to loft it. He understands when to put pace on it, when not to put pace. I mean, he is his feel at passing the basketball is you, you really can't teach that. I, I mean, the, the pacing stuff I think you can teach but the understanding of angles and the understanding of, of not the understanding, the understanding of angles and, and then the, the vision. I mean, Darian Ringo from Brownsburg, who, again, I'm biased. I coached the kid. I would say he was the best passer I've ever coached. And you ask any of those guys that played with him, uh, in, including McDermott, who's Sean McDermott, who's with Memphis, the Grizzlies, they will tell you he is the best passer they've ever played with. Now, you know, maybe Sean has revised that since he plays with John Morant, but <laughs> but they all would have loved to have taken Ringo back to school with him. Joey Moreland at Blackhawk, you you ask him, you see him, Dominique, you ask him, who's the best passer you ever played with? Um, all those dudes, Kessinger, who went to Indiana State, Smiths, who ended up at Butler, all those guys. I mean, just you know, Darian could find anybody. That's the way Grady is. He's not as quick as Darian. Uh, he has to improve his shot. I question what position he might play in college. I, the, but the more, if he can grow a couple more inches or the more he can show that he can guard a three, 
I think that's that's where he maximizes his his value. He could be a primary ball handler from the three. You could run all. You could run an entire. I mean, you could run everything. You run offensively through him. He is as and instinctful as a passer as I've seen, and and you know that includes Braden Smith. That includes Ringo. That includes other guys in the past that have been wonderful passers. Um, and it goes beyond just being unselfish. He just has a vision about him that I don't I don't know a lot of kids possess. And there was a lot left on the table against McConaughey. I Again, I know they had some kids missing time because they were sick, so they really weren't playing with a full deck. I know that they played with everybody that played, but there was a lot of illness going in. And I'm sure a lot of teams are going through that this time of year. But but um, they um, he just was wonderful. And it's the second time I've seen him play where he has completely impressed me with his ability to pass the ball. Anybody got anything else from this past week? I don't think so. That's it for me. All right, Zach, where are you going this week? Shoot, uh, looking like uh, – I don't know if I'll go to that Carmel game now since you're going to be over there. I don't want to double dip. There's no reason why we can't. I mean, maybe maybe do North Fort Wayne North against Northridge. They're over here Wednesday. Uh, I want to see Prairie Heights. They got a couple dudes, so maybe the maybe catch them. Uh, I don't know any. I don't know about anything else yet. We'll see. We need to flood the Seton Catholic gym and have them play University at University on Monday, tomorrow, on Monday. I don't want to drive to Richmond. <laughs> that was the game I saw last year. It was at university. It's a lot nicer when it's five minutes from my house. That, Dominique, where are you going this week? And I'm tearing through John Harrow. I've been doing it since last night. Right now, I cannot find much that I would be going to. I see Homestead plays Leo Tuesday at Homestead. I know Leo is Leo is I think 500 maybe right now. Yeah, that would that would be a good game though. Dominique, you yeah. gotta get the you gotta get the Fremont, right? No. Oh. <laughs> saw some, they did, some, some of they the did beat guys Wayne. Leo. Yeah. They uh they're yeah, they're four and four. So that might be an option there Tuesday. Uh I'm just hard Norwell's not playing, they're playing Bluffton, that's not really in my range. Um Carol's down in Indy. Ah, north side's up at Northridge. Yeah, it's not a ton going on in the Fort Wayne area, doesn't look like. So that might be a possibility Tuesday, but uh, definitely will be streaming something all week, almost every night or whenever there's a game on. Yeah, will Tuesday. That, will that be a good one for me Wednesday, Northwood? Or I mean, sorry, uh, Fort yeah. North, North against Ridge, yeah. Yeah, they're, um, Northridge has had some good wins this year, but Northside, they're 5-0 and in December. They've came on a little bit. They did – the Jordan Green is injured – I believe he got injured against Snyder on Friday. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what happened. He was, but he was their leading scorer this year. You know, for the first few games. Bronte's um, playing, right? Yeah, he's. I think Jordan Green was averaging like 17, and Bronte okay. was at 16. So Jeez. obviously, Bronte is their best player. But yeah, he was injured in the Snyder game. I'm not sure what it was or how long he's out, but he might not be playing against Northridge. Northridge had that tough loss against Riley too. I did see that. Yeah, and then they Riley- beat. Riley turns around and gets beat to after that. I saw they Northridge beat. Well, they, did they beat Valpo? I think they beat Valpo, didn't they? Northridge yeah. did. Yeah, Northridge and Culver Academy. They've talked taken some losses there. I see at Culver Academy so far, but well, yeah, it's the it's the both those schools. Valpo even against twenty first century. I the little preview that I wrote. It's what else is there besides Smiley and Mason Jones? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, last year was kind of the same thing against Carmel. It was like. Yeah. Mason and even Mason didn't really get going until the fourth quarter. Right. It was already over. It was kind of yeah. already over at that point. And that's, you know, looking at looking ahead, obviously that's a game I'm going to see this week is Carmel Valpo. I mean, traditionally Carmel hasn't had problems with teams like that. Um, especially when they, you know, the, and they typically win the games where they, the other team does kind of the same stuff they do. They just do it a little bit better. But then they got clipped by Noblesville. Oh my gosh! Penalty. Wait. Yeah, is it a penalty? Sorry, Jim. Where World That's Cup right. is spoiling is getting... it for me? What? I didn't. Was it a handball or? Yeah, it looks like he's calling it in the Same box. Handball against Jeez. Argentina. <clears throat> oh my gosh! 
This game has everything. We, uh, well, don't spoil the PK. All right. <laughs> Which is to say, wait, let me react. <laughs> we'll wait in 30 seconds for it to come through. Two, oh. So Tuesday, Zionsville Kokomo. That'll be a that'll good be one. A, that'll be a decent one. I can't miss that after missing Carmel. Car- Wednesday's Carmel Valpo, right? And then there, I'll probably find another game. There's another game up there I'm going to. I can't remember which one it is. I'm not going to look it up now. Hey, there's a game. Hang around up here, huh? I'm gonna. Well, no, it's on the way back. Uh, oh, okay. okay. Um, Swinging the Lafayette or something, catch Jeff. Maybe. Thursday has that weird Carroll plays two games, noon yeah. and 5.30 and Fish- at HSC and Fishers. I'm yep. definitely going to the HSC game. They did that up here last year. I went to they? that. I went to the Carroll Fishers at Carroll one, Harrelson at 43. Then I'll probably end up that evening, I don't know, Lebanon at Garen Catholic, or maybe I won't go to a game at all. I don't know. And then Friday. Uh, Friday would probably be, I don't know, there's a whole lot of good games on Friday. We are tied, baby. Not a whole Jeez. lot going on Friday. Woo. Jeez, unbelievable. I could see, I could see me ended up maybe running. No, that would be maybe running down the North Davies and watching that stuff down there <laughs> on Friday. Watching that stuff down there. Well, I'm trying to figure out and see how deep it goes. It goes. How long is that? There we go. Yeah, Fort oh Wayne yeah, that'll Black, be a good tournament. Fort Wayne Blackhawk, Evansville Christian, Brownstown, Lagodi. Uh, good teams there. North does Davies. That, does that start on what? What day does that start? Uh, starts on the twenty first. Wednesday. Jeez, see the, those. The final day is Friday, so there would be a good chance. Those Christmas break times. Let's see, it plays like this, so there would be a good chance of. I would assume Blackhawk would be Evansville Christian. Um. Brownstown beats Lagodi. And then, so then you're going to probably have, get out of that bottom. Yeah, I mean, it'll be just a Black good Hawk, chance Brown to Sound. see. Good chance to see Evansville Christian, et cetera, so forth. Good yeah. chance to see Blackhawk get a lot of those long drives out of the way in one trip. Um, I'm going get through these reads real quick. Then we'll pick our locks of the week. Get those lined up. I already got mine lined up. Oh, we're yeah, jeez. We're doing soccer. We're watching soccer. Box Out Sports is a leading online graphic solution giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student-athletes each season. You can sign up for a free demo at BoxOutSports.com. It's not just for basketball. It's for athletics directors um, and you know club directors. Right now, Carmel is using the heck out of it for all their yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, they are um, sorry I'm watching soccer crazy um, thank you for listening to po- Courtside Indiana podcast if you listen every week we appreciate it if not please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone tablet or desktop as always we'd appreciate a rating review and you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at Courtside and Instagram sorry Twitter and Instagram at Courtside IND it's courtside IND. Dominique locks of the week. I'm going Blackhawk over Evansville Christian nice. down at at North Davies, and then I'm going Wednesday. Um, I'm going rebuff to win at home over Warren Central. What was your other one? Your first one? Blackhawk over Evansville Christian. Okay. Zach. I'm going to go Riley over Plymouth on Tuesday, Carmel over Valpo Wednesday. I'm doubling up on the Carmel over Valpo. And I'm going Zionsville over Kokomo. My locks last week, Westfield over Noblesville. got that one right. Brownsburg over Ben Davis, not even close. (laughs) Zach just likes picking against Valpo. Are you going to be allowed in the gym? Uh, maybe 21st century or 21st century Academy over Valpo. That was your lock of the week. You got that Marion over Gary, Mishwaka Marion over Gary West. You got that. Dominique, did Wayne beat Carroll? 
by two in overtime. Yep. Yeah. So Carroll's still at two wins. Still at two wins. All their losses have been un- unbelievable. <laughs> and so Munster beat Crown Point, right? They did by two. By two. Some tight ones. All right. Well, I think that's it. I think we can now go unadulterated watching penalty kicks and not being distracted. So, guys, appreciate it this week. I assume we don't have anything else to talk about. I don't think so. No. We'll be good. All right, man. Good job. We'll talk to everybody next week. Thanks for listening. See you. Later.